Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study, only about 13 or so minutes, but each day, every single day of the week, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith. Because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, you know people in your life, undoubtedly, who need to grow in their faith. Help them by sharing these studies with them every single day through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. Help them to grow in their faith and thereby come closer to God and pay more attention to their soul's salvation. Share with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a wonderful blessing for them and for you. Make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're coming close to the end of our study, our line of thought, talking about God's love and your response. You see, so many people, they don't want to make it too personal. They want to think about God more from the theoretical or maybe from the you know wider perspective of humanity as a whole. They don't want to make it too personal because that then conflicts with their conscience because they know that they have not responded to God's love in the way that God expects them to and wants them to in the way that they know they should. Or they're thankful for God's love. They want God's love. They want all the blessings that God's love would offer them including salvation and eternal life in heaven, but they don't want to really have to think too much about the response that they should offer in response to God's love. And that is love for him. And what does that love mean? Obedience, dedication, commitment, faithfulness on an ongoing basis. We've talked about, about a lot about God's love for you. And that bottom line demonstration is that he loves you so much he sent his son to the cross to die to pay the price for the guilt of your sins the guilt of your sins again don't hide in the anonymity of all humanity and all mankind and all the world for all time now all of that is true but don't don't try to hide in that anonymity. Zero in on your life, you personally. Christ died for you because of God's love for you. Now, how have you responded to God's love? Do you take it for granted? Do you disrespect God's love for you by not responding? in the ways that he wants you to? How would you feel if you really demonstrated on an ongoing basis, if you really demonstrated sincere love for somebody and they just ignored you? You tried to go out of your way for them in numerous ways to let them know that you love them, but they just paid you no attention. In fact, maybe they were flippant about it. Maybe they just demonstrated disrespect, outright disrespect for you in spite 
of your demonstrated love for them. Does that describe anything close to your response to God's love for you? The Apostle Peter talked about your faithful obedience, how that should be your natural response to God's love for you. He was writing this to Christians, and he told them, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. When a man named Nicodemus came to Jesus one night, I think it was under the cover of darkness because he did not want his fellow cohorts, so to speak, to see, to know that he came to talk to Jesus and expressed a degree of faith in Jesus, or at least belief in him, he came to Jesus and Jesus told him, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus was thinking from a physical perspective and he said, how can a man be born again? Can he enter into his mother's womb again? But Jesus was speaking from the spiritual perspective. And he went on and said, except a man is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. John chapter three, verses three through five. And I may, have, I may have paraphrased a little bit there, but pretty close to the exact words. Peter says there, you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Again, verse 22 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Now, the Hebrews writer tells us, speaking of Jesus, though he were a son, the son of God, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author or source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9. You see, Jesus even went through the process of learning obedience. Did he need to do that for his own sake? No, he did that for our sake. We've already read earlier in this study from Hebrews chapter 2 and Hebrews chapter 4, he never committed sin while here in this earth living a physical life, even though he was still fully divine. But he still, and I think it's an accommodative thing for us to understand the importance of our learning obedience, of you learning obedience, the importance of obedience to God. He went through that process. He learned obedience through the things which he suffered. He is the source of eternal salvation. We can only be saved through Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14 and verse 6. He is the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. You can be forgiven. You can be saved. You can have an eternal home in heaven with Jesus if you obey him. Obedience. Peter brings that out here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. You have purified your souls in obeying the truth. That is God's word. 
having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God. Through the word of God. Jesus said that we can become his disciples by obeying his teachings. And then he said in the next verse, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Peter said, you're purified in obeying the truth. You've been born again through the word of God, obeying the truth of God's word. In other words, when Peter and the apostles were preaching in the day of Pentecost after Jesus not only arose from the tomb, but he ascended back to heaven, in Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost, we read the words of Peter as he's preaching to that crowd of thousands of Jewish men gathered there. And you talk about a scathing sermon. Peter, Peter did not beat around the bush. Peter was not politically correct. Peter convinced them, convicted them, many of them at least. He, it was scathing. It was to the point, bottom line, hammer down. You have crucified the Son of God. You've crucified your Savior. Even though he demonstrated that he was God's Son, in power by performing miracles in your presence, which you knew about, which you saw, and you still put him on that cross. And then in verse 36 of Acts chapter 2, Peter said, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made the same Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. He is the Savior that you have been looking for through the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Savior for hundreds and hundreds of years, and you rejected him. But that did not change the fact that he is the Savior, your only Savior. And so some of those Jews on Pentecost in the next verse, verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, said, what shall we do? And Peter responded, repent. You rejected the Savior. You rejected Jesus. You must accept him as your Savior. You did not believe in him. You must believe in him. You would not obey him. You must obey him. Through his teachings, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 and verse 38. That is how God expects you to respond to his love demonstrated by sending his son to the cross to bear the guilt of your sins. When Saul of Tarsus who would later become the Apostle Paul, a faithful gospel preacher, wrote more books of the New Testament than any other inspired writer. But he had been an enemy of Christianity, an enemy of Christ. He hunted down Christians. But when 
he came to see the error of his way, his mistakes. He repented. Jesus sent a Christian man named Ananias to teach him the gospel. And Ananias said to Saul, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. Buried in the waters of baptism, immersed in those waters as going down into the, a watery grave as Jesus went into the grave of that tomb. And then as he came forth alive, coming up out of that watery grave of baptism, forgiven, cleansed, reborn spiritually. That's how God expects you to respond to his love for you. Have you done that? Are you ready to do that? Let's pray. Father, help us to come to you in humble repentance and, obe and obedience, surrendering our lives to you through baptism into our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we can look forward to a home with you in heaven forever, so that we can be forgiven of our sins, be made new, Father, and stand before you cleansed and righteous. Help us, Father, to respond to your love in the way you want us to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.